Deplorable Nation, a podcast where your voices can be heard, where things that affect you and your family are important, because it's important to all of us. Every one of us matters, and everybody has a voice. We're going to be bringing you news, current events, and throw in a lot of humor, and then you decide for yourself. Okay, welcome everybody to episode number 52, Crazy Cool of Deplorable Nation. And today I have a very special guest. He's pretty awesome and pretty amazing in everything he's done for the podcast community and everyone that he knows. So welcome my guest today, Mark Steves. How are you? I am so good, feeling blessed to be here with you, Janet. It's uh, first time, but I think it's first time, long time. We're going to be doing this more often. I could already tell. It's a pleasure to be here. Agreed. I'm so excited that you were able to join me today because I know that you've been on all of the cool shows. All of my podcast buddies out there have already had you on. So I'm new to you as a guest, but... Like you said, we're going to be good friends for a long time. I can tell because you're a cool guy. So tell everybody about yourself. Like, what do you do? What's what's you? Tell everybody about Mark. Well, I, that's a it's a long story, but I'll do my best to hit the the high notes. I've always been a black sheep, so to speak, kind of outside the the regular run of the mill crowd against the grain, you know, even in like elementary school, middle school, always kind of had my own thing going on. And I dropped out of college, was learning about a lot of really heavy conspiracies at that point in my life uh, because of where I went to college is adjacent to Yale University. So I was able to kind of siphon some of the really hyper intelligence that's in that area. I mean, the bookstores have amazing books. The library's full of great books. And the people, as stiff as some of them are, for the most part, are pretty smart in New Haven. So I, I kind of, growing up around this area in New Haven, Connecticut, I kind of absorbed a lot of that. And I also absorbed kind of the reality of conspiracy, you know, being that, Skull and Bones, their temple, their headquarters is right downtown on High Street. So that was a very visceral thing to experience. People have heard me on shows talk about a, a gentleman who really impacted my life at that point, Indian who happened to be in New Haven to protest Geronimo's skull and, and crossbones being femur bones being in the tomb since the mid-1800s, right? Actually, I believe it was like the early... 1900s, late 1800s, but it was Prescott Bush who robbed Geronimo's grave while he was over at Fort Sill in Oklahoma and brought the skull and femur bones back to this temple on High Street. And meeting Amos and, and understanding that story 
in a real personal way, you know, through talking to him and, and connecting with him and becoming his friend over time. You know, two people, me, you know, six foot eight, skinny, uh, white guy and this short, stout, you know, very dark, very, you know, black hair, black eyes, Pueblo Indian dude, we just hit it off and became buddies for that summer and, and for a couple of years on after that. And that inspired me, you know, that gave me a reality to this whole situation. Cause it's one thing to watch YouTube videos. It's one thing to read it in books, but to meet someone who had taken that action in his own life, moved across the country, come here for a spiritual purpose that had a profound effect on me. And I always dug native American culture cause it's so earthy and natural and, and feels in tune with nature. And that's something I've really tried to do a lot over the past few months. And maybe we can get into how I plan on doing that towards the end of the show. But yeah, that was a very impactful point in my life. And I, I realized that my purpose was something spiritual, right? And I had to right. take action. And I knew that college wasn't going to offer that. I wanted to study anthropology because I loved culture and learning about these indigenous cultures and the kind of metaphysical stuff as well behind the things like shamanism and, and all these other really interesting practices that take place in indigenous cultures. That fascinated me. But I realized that I could have a much more potent life experience if I took it on myself, right? Because there's this right. kind of feeling that you get in high school, like, well, what am I going to do? Who am I going to turn to? And really, like, I couldn't turn to anybody. I had to turn to myself. I had to look within. And, and despite the fact that there are no jobs in this kind of thing, other than maybe writing a book or, or, or getting some kind of film going, and I, I just pursued it. You know, I found jobs that allowed me to get paid to either read or as time moved on, listen to podcasts. And right. that kind of led me to where I am now, but we can, if you have any, I could stop. There. So let me ask you a question. So would you say that you were always into questioning things or maybe thinking that the truth was being hidden or was it more of when you, you met this Pueblo Indian that you changed your view on things or I guess got more into the way things are and yeah, the, and no, the truth was, of the way things are. Yeah, no, I'm glad you allowed me to clarify because that was one of many compounding experiences that led me to who I am today. Yeah. I'd always been very curious. I'd always been very inquisitive. I always had a big heart as far as like changing the world. My grandparents used to say, oh, you're a bleeding heart liberal, you know, because at that point in my life, I was like against the war in Iraq. I was I was looking into 9-11. I was like, these guys, you know, there was something fishy about this. And I saw loose change in middle school. So like I had known that their conspiracy theories kind of existed, but I was still like kind of passionate enough to where part of me wanted to join the military. I got into martial arts. That was another really big factor in my life. Learning martial arts kind of gave not only a backbone of learning to the spiritual side of things through guys like Bruce Lee, who actually go into Taoism and their martial arts teachings. It, it pushed me to be dedicated and committed to something and understand how to accomplish goals. Because, you know, before that, I was probably, you know, I could have ended up like a lazy stoner, you know, because I love smoking pot. But <laughs> I, co I connected pot and martial arts in a way that became really constructive. And that's why I'm a big advocate for cannabis. And, and that's why cannabis is also a big part of it for me. Because as soon as I smoked weed, 
all of these things melted away. So by the time I'd met Amos, the Pueblo, he, you know, I'd already been smoking weed. So yes, I had already been kind of coming to this realization. And then he added a level of reality to it because here was a person who I could shake his hand and, and look into his eyes and feel his honesty, feel that he wasn't lying to me. And that mm-hmm. was a different layer because with a book, with a, with a, with a, internet post, there's always a level of doubt. And if you are like me and you learn about something and you're really excited and you want to go tell people about it, the first thing that they hit you with is doubt, which is extremely discouraging. So my whole life, I mean, the whole title of my show, my family thinks I'm crazy is completely true because I've been discouraged a lot along the way of getting excited, wanting to reveal things that I've felt like were revelations to me and then realizing like, oh, wait, not everybody's on the same path. And that that wasn't obvious at first. Yeah. And I think you and I are a lot alike in the way that we're both very black sheep of our family. Our family believes completely opposite of what I do with the exception of one member of my family. And so I'm always like trying to tell them stuff and they're like, I don't want to listen. What you're saying is crazy. What you're saying is insane. And that's why I think that your podcast is amazingly titled because so many people out there can absolutely 100% identify with the title and where that comes from. My family thinks I'm crazy. How many people's family also think they're crazy? Everybody does, right? Unless you're one of those really lucky families where everybody's on the same page. Yeah. And, you know, I got to give credit where it's due. Sam Tripoli... I really love him to death. And it was his kind of inspiration in a way that made me come up with that because, you know, like I alluded to, I had studied this stuff in books and I found like Joseph Campbell's lectures on Spotify. And that was probably the first time that I really fell in love with like an audio format of learning. And I Mm -hmm. digested the whole thing. I learned everything there was to know about mythology, thanks to Joseph Campbell. At least that's how it seemed. There's so much more to unravel as time went on. And and I found podcasts like Stuff They Don't Want You to Know, which is on iHeartRadio. And now they're really watered down, in my opinion, although I do really respect Ben and Matt. I actually have spoken to Matt a couple of times, and he's a great dude. That show is, is, is very interesting, and I credit it because it woke me up in a lot of ways. Even though it is kind of the pop version of conspiracies, they mm-hmm. know that, and I think Matt really is a, is a deep dude like us. So don't get it twisted. But that, that was a big part of it. And then I found Tinfoil Hat, you know, and, and it's been like five years listening to Tinfoil Hat. I probably listened to every episode, give or take some of the like older maybe comedian centric ones, but like, yeah, I've listened to every Tim fall hat and something just like felt so right about Tim fall hat to me. I just really loved, I had a really deep connection with it and everybody has that feeling. That's what I realized when you love a podcast, you feel Mm -hmm. like a fly on the wall. You feel like a friend of the host. You feel like you're in the room with the people and that's great. And it might be weird for the podcaster to be like, Oh wow. All these people really think they know me. You know, I kind of experienced that on a small, small, tiny level right now with the host, but I appreciate anybody who reaches out. I actually really enjoy it. But I, I think what was cool about, meeting Sam when I did was I gave him this book that meant a lot to me, the Kybalion, 
right? And then I was just like, cool, man. Nice to meet you. Take this book. I hope you read it. You know, not expecting a thing. You know, I saw him live and then just met him after the show. And then um, like a couple months go by and I reached out to him on the Patreon because I was a part of his Patreon. And I'm like, hey, you know, let's talk about that book I gave you. You know, I'm that dude, that really tall dude you met in New York City. What's up? You know, so then we started podcasting together and, and one thing led to another and he asked me to start working for him. And I was so excited, so happy, so pumped that I got this opportunity to work for Sam and still am like every day is awesome. But when I tried to convey that to my family that summer, last summer, they were like, who's Sam Tripoli, you know? And (laughs) and I'm like driving home, you know, and I'm like, wow, my family really just, they think I'm crazy. Like, cause here I am with this amazing opportunity and I was so just grateful and nothing against them. They just don't understand it. They can't recognize why it's so significant to me. So Mm -hmm. yeah, that's kind of where the title dawned on me. And it was also like talking to Sam in that time period where he was like, well, what's the name of your show and kind of workshopping it with me as he does everybody he talks to. Like he's such a a supportive person in this podcast community. Like Mm -hmm. anybody who does his show, it, the, it always ends with like him encouraging them to be more into podcasting, you know, promote their stuff. Oh, you don't have a show, make a show. Oh, your show's this big, make it bigger. You know, like he's so encouraging. So that was one of the things he mentioned. He was like, Hey dude, the name of your show sucks. And I had to change it. And now I found <laughs> this one and this name of the he show. He meant that lovingly. Yeah, you know, because the old name of the show was not really that relatable to anybody. It made sense to me and my buddies, but like that's, you know, not the direction I needed to go in. And he's such a smart promoter and knows that so well that he just was honest with me and like, yeah, come up with a better name. And that's what I came up with. And it it rings true. So I think I I really thank you for pointing that out. And yeah, I I, I think it's wonderful, though. And people like you. Um, people like Sam, there are some people that are put out there to help other people. And I feel like I'm kind of in that category too, because being spotlighted or anything makes me really uncomfortable. It's weird for me. Like I went to DC on January the 6th and people recognized me in the crowd and were wanting pictures with me and stuff. And that was so creepy to me. I'm just like, Thank you for supporting me, but like, (laughs) like, that's just not me. Like, I would rather boost other people. And I, I know for some people, they don't understand that and, and they don't get what that feeling is like, but just to have somebody message me and be like, oh my God, like I got on Sam Tripoli or, oh my God, like so-and-so wants to be on their show or this person followed me because of you. It's like an amazing feeling to me to like help someone else. Yeah. No, you know, I'm not in it for bucks because I don't make any money and I'm okay with that. And and is that weird? No, not at all. And that's the beauty of podcasting is like, it's such a consensual thing in that way where people find Mm -hmm. it organically and make what they will with it. Like you can find my podcast and be like, Oh, love the name of the show. Hate what they're talking about. And that's fine. I'll never know. You'll, you don't have to tell me, you know, and I'm just going to keep putting it out because I enjoy doing it. And I know the people who do reach out, 
who say they love the show and it does help them. It's so like you're pointing out, it's reassuring, you know, and, and I think that's been the case for me with the people I've put on my show so far. Like for example, Mm -hmm. I had Brad Olson on the show and I've had his book since I had my first job delivering Chinese food for Sichuan wok, you know, and my boss would be like, Mark, you're a dreamer, you know, call me a dreamer because I was reading books in between uh, deliveries. And now I'm like interviewing the guy who's added so much value to my, you know, knowledge base. And so many others I'm excited to to talk to. I just had Isaac Weisup on my show, who's a really phenomenal dude and a, and a great podcaster, really popular in this realm. So that was a, an honor. But, you know, I really believe in the karmic value of living your purpose, right? And what you're talking too. about is like when you give towards others and you you contribute to the whole for the for the virtue of helping and not like mm-hmm. the virtue signaling that we're seeing so many people do, you know, it's, it's, there's something authentic to this type of thing, yeah. you know, it's not and the same. I love that. And I love that kind of energy and it's like magnetic to me. Like when you run across like the people in this community are so just amazing and fantastic. And you know, when you connect with somebody that you connected with them for a, definitely a higher purpose or, you know, a, some really, really deep reason. And the people like that are in my circle, they're always going to be in my circle because uh, they're fantastic. They're fantastic people. And I think energy is really important. So one question I have for you, like when you started martial arts did you feel like that grounded you do you feel like it taught you like more self-control more discipline things like that so much so i mean to understand i'm not familiar with where you grew up but i grew up in new england and it's rough you know we got cold winters and hot summers and a lot of blue collar people and and i'm you know no different i grew up in a blue collar family and one of the things that we would do in the neighborhood getting into trouble with the other kids is just getting into stupid fights you know and not only did martial arts give me self-control but it gave me self-confidence you know it gave me a, a higher perspective on why people fought each other at that young age and i realized mm-hmm. what it was was ego you know and when i did accomplish a lot in martial arts and people noticed that I got a reputation for that. And then I realized how frivolous the impressions people had of me were because I cared so deeply about what other people thought of me at that age, you know, and it bothered me sometimes like, Oh, well, you know, maybe I'm not popular. You know, it didn't bother me enough to throw me off of my purpose, but it did bother me, you know? And when I trained martial arts and I got good at it, all these people who just like probably had no respect for me or had no reason to notice me did, you know, and, and it felt a little phony and that gave me a higher perspective. And I, and I made Mm -hmm. really strong friendships because of that, because I was able to recognize who cared and who didn't and where people's values were actually were some people were just interested in buddying up to me because i was six foot seven and knew how to knock people out 
you know, <laughs> and like, that's fine. I get that. But it also doesn't create the foundation for a good friendship. And, uh, right. and that made me possibly more solitary than social when I could have been more social. But then as I got older, you know, I've always kind of been a late bloomer too. So by the time I was like 21, 22, 23, I found a kind of group of friends that were at this college. I had dropped out of college, but I was pretty much a college student for four years in the sense of I was able to party and hang out and have that experience that I think is important, you know, at least just not, partying, but just being free at that young age. So that was another thing that really added to who I am now, why I have the confidence to take this job on. Cause like what you asked me, what do I do? Like, this is all I do right now. I mean, I used to be a delivery guy for Amazon, but when COVID happened, I was like, fuck that, you know, and every job I've ever had has built into the next one. I had a skill it built into this skill, into this skill. And what was cool about the driving job is it gave me so much time to listen to podcasts that I became not only an expert of the things I was interested in, but an expert at who was talking about these things. And that's why I became a very valuable asset for a guy like Sam to have on the team. And and that's kind of where I'm taking my life right now and and it's a chance, but I I really do love it. And I'm flying by the seat of my pants. So if anybody wants to support me, please go (laughs) to my Patreon. (laughs) But I think that's amazing though, because so many people like when they're, when they're young and I can say that because you are a lot younger than me, you're like my children's age, (laughs) but it's like so many people have that vision of life where they're really worried about everybody else's viewpoint of them and how other people perceive them. And that's what I always try to tell our kids, like what other people think of you does not matter. It's what you think of yourself. And when you get to that point where you see yourself as this, you know, amazing, you know, light being energy ball of creativity and whatnot, you can accomplish so much more. And then things start falling into place for you, whether it's, you know, your career or money or whatever the case may be, your passions in life, things like that. I think it's really important when you get to that point where you think you're amazing yourself, that's when stuff starts happening. Absolutely. Do you, did you see that with yourself? You're yeah, like, that's the you know balance. What? I'm pretty I'm pretty badass. So here you go. And you're exuding all of this energy. And then people see you and they're like, whew, like drawn to you. You know what I mean? And they're like magnetized by you and they're like, dude, like I Mark, I totally have to have you come work for me. <laughs> or I totally have to have you promote my show or or whatever the case may be, just because your energy is so big. Thank you. Yes. And, you know, one thing that I do kind of balance often is martial arts taught me to be so humble that you almost can think of yourself from a point of lack. And what you're describing is a point of abundance. Mm-hmm. And I, I, that's so important to me. And I, in all honesty, I don't regularly do martial arts as often as I used to. I broke my wrist skateboarding and now I'm really just doing podcasting full time. Yeah. But my, my real resolve is that martial arts and the dedication and determination and the practice of 
training your body is no different than training your mind. And what you're describing right there is yes, some of the, it's a point that I've reached and I can't say I'm there every day, but yeah, that's the goal is to be constantly in the now and exuding the way you just described. And I, I appreciate that you, you know, notice that because that's what, you know, I'm, I'm trying to maintain that energy in a real personal way. You know, I don't mind being vulnerable and sharing that because it would be, you know, untrue if I sat here and I said like, oh yeah, I'm great. <laughs> you know, thanks. You know, like that's not being humble, you know, and, and to me, right. honesty and authenticity, that's where I really exude from because I want right. people to understand like, you're not going to listen to my show to hear me be some smart ass and tell you what's right or wrong. But I do like to have people on my show who, who might be like that, or maybe are mm-hmm. a little more humble or whatever, but we're going to learn together. And it's going to be an open discussion that way. When your family is telling you you're crazy, you might have some better uh, phrases <laughs> in your we- repertoire to come back at them with, you know? Yeah. And I think, I think it's like your energy speaks for yourself because every time I've ever heard you on, you know, the Big Dumb podcast or Legit podcast or, you know, any other show you've been on, Dangerous World, whatever the case may be, you always exude such confidence, but also that humbleness that I think um, is lacking in some people. Some people in the podcasting community don't have that. But I think when people listen to you just in the tone of your voice, they can pick up your sincerity and just your energy in general. And so I just want to thank you for that because not a lot of people are like that. So kudos to you, my friend. And you know what? And that's the that's what cannabis really gave to me. Not to bring it back to that, but I really do believe that when I smoked weed, this slate was wiped clean from my young mind and I understood what my intuition was and I just really looked deeper into that. And yeah, I mean, that's kind of how I lead my life and my conversations now is like if I'm being sincere, then I can feel that in others. And I, I like to think that everyone I've had on my show so far is very sincere, you know, and that's kind of, mm-hmm. that's the, that's the, the mode I like to be in sincerity because there's no reason not to be, yeah, there's, there's good reasons to be mysterious, but that's a, that's a topic for a different, <laughs> that's podcast. a, that's a whole nother subject, ladies. <laughs> so are you, are you single or are you taken? I'm single. I am single. So people can find me at my family thinks crazy on Instagram. <laughs> but uh, but no, I, I'm going to we're going to tell good. people where they can find you later because yeah, you would be a catch for the ladies, and I know the ladies that listen to my show would be very interested. Oh, so wow. there you go. So let me ask you a question. So I know you started out like in the podcast community with your own show, and then you you ended up booking for Sam. But I just want people to know about the other project that you started, the Alt Media United. I want you to tell me about that and how that came about and all the goods on that, because it is so exciting about that community. Thank you. Yeah. 
I appreciate that. Yeah. And to clarify, I didn't have really any type of podcast before I podcasted with Sam. It was just kind of a YouTube show. So yeah, I do credit Sam with kind of kicking my ass into podcasting. And and yeah, Alt Media United is a cooperative I founded with the intention of A, educating podcasters on the best ways to promote themselves. But it's not just about promotion. It's about distribution, reach, you know. And also all of the new innovations coming to podcasting, we want to make sure that you're up to speed on that. And as well as give people a place to find all these great podcasts in one place, because you see more and more people are getting deplatformed, people are getting censored. And when I saw the Union of the Unwanted, you know, created this awesome place, a platform for the deplatformed, I said, you know what, that's awesome. It's too bad that it's just a podcast. Let's make it into something real. And Ricky, Charlie, they're completely on board. I talk to them often. Mike is a very busy guy. Sam is also a very busy guy. So I will say, in all honesty, it's a new venture. You know, the cooperative is only a couple months old. And given that Sam is so busy, as much as he knows about the cooperative, I don't know. It's very minimal. But To say he's a part of it, I don't think is uh, a reach just because I do book guests on his show and and we do talk a lot about how his show can improve. And that's the whole goal with the cooperative is to create a dialogue between myself and the podcasters on how you can do things better, how you can get engaged with your listeners more and all the other ins and outs of podcasting. And if people want to support that, that's great. As far as like what the cooperative is doing. Like I said, we're still really early in in our stages of this. So at this point in time, if you have a podcast, get in touch with me. But that's all I can really say. You know, there's definitely big things coming. But as far as the ins and outs of what we're actually going to do right now, it's just onboarding and getting as many people in the club as possible. Because I don't believe in exclusivity at all. That's one of the reasons why I despise Yale University so much to get into this stuff and and educate people and say that you don't need to have some blue blood connection or millions of dollars in the bank or any of this stuff or a scholarship. Because, I mean, there's a lot of really smart people that go to Yale, and I don't mean to throw them under the bus. And some of them come from nothing with scholarships because they're brilliant, right? But those opportunities don't exist for everybody. And they especially don't exist for guys like me who go outside of the grain and, you know, didn't really give a shit too much about school because I thought I had it figured out at that age. Little did I know. (laughs) But here we are now. And I think podcasting is the future. I think it's what radio was. It's a way of having a person-to-person connection with people. And you're going to see so much more money going into podcasting, not to take it to an economics level, but why that's good is because if we can preserve podcasting as a platform for free speech now, when the money gets involved, we can all benefit rather than get squeezed out of the game by these big clunkers like Spotify and Apple and and all the rest. And some of those guys, again, not all bad. You know, I've had a couple discussions with people in that field. And and that's kind of the other thing that Alt Media United does. Like I want to take us as a cooperative to those conversations where the technology is being developed so that we have a say in where podcasting goes. And 
what, what surprises me so much is how little the average podcaster knows about the technology they're working with. I mean, in the RSS feed itself, you already have the ability to have your own YouTube channel. You don't need YouTube at all. And right. surprising how many people don't know that. And I think it's also a problem of like, well, there's not a lot of apps that make it obvious to the listener. And that's how a lot of podcasters get into podcasting. They become a fan of a podcast and then they make their own. So right. it's all DIY. And if you have a guy like me in your corner helping you figure out, you know, what's going on and what you can do for your podcast, you think that's a value for you? Hit me up because that's a value for me to be that guy. And, and I'm just happy to be on this journey. You know, it's really... It's really profound. You know, I've already traveled a lot. I met a couple people that I've had on my show, which is fun and, and made really deep connections with guys like Ron from New England, the Wicked I love Podcast. Yeah. Ron's so cool. I mean, <laughs> Ron's one of these guys who you can just call up any day and tell him what's going on. And he's got, you know, so much life experience to add. And that's why I think people should listen to his show because it's just going to keep getting better and better. I encouraged him to start and he had already had big plans for starting a podcast. But I think, you know, just like Sam lit a fire under my ass, I was able to kind of light a fire under Ron's ass. And now right. we both have a, a really awesome friendship, you know, and that's the other side of podcasting. That's so cool is like, as a listener, you can really get engaged with this community. It's not just, Oh, I'm going to become friends with the host. There's other people listening to these shows that you might not know live in your hometown, you know? Right. Like, uh, and, I, and that's why I love that. I love the community so much because my show, like we do, you know, conspiracy. I do a lot of health stuff being a retired nurse and retired medical professor, you know, so, but I love having people on that are listeners mm. to tell their stories and to let them get their voices out there because there's not many podcasters that do that sort of thing. And that's kind of like my favorite thing to do is to interview listeners and like how things affect them and like what they've gone through and what their journey is in life and, you know, what kind of experiences that they have and, and stuff like that. Because one of the misconceptions for a lot of people is like, I'm going to reach out to Janet, but she's probably never going to respond because we know her from this show or from that show and, you know, whatever, like she's not going to respond back. And then they're like excited because I respond back immediately and they're like, oh, I didn't think I'd ever hear from you. And I'm like, I am tickled pink to hear from you. Right. Like I want to hear from people. I want, I love that connection. Like I started out before doing my podcast, literally doing periscopes with Bob. And so having that, you know, listener interaction and, and things like that. I love that. I think it's amazing. Yeah. And I, I want to hear from people and I want their input. And if somebody wants me to do a show on, you know, whatever we've done that before for people where they've requested something. And so but I just have to find the right guest. Or if you, if a listener wants to come on and they're not shy, a lot of times they're shy. Yeah. But, you know, I love that. I love that interaction. And I love being able to like go everywhere and talk about literally every topic under the sun. Mm -hmm. Like this week, my, our topic was construction. So, you know, 
I just like that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's what's cool about being in this uh, position with the cooperative is I talk to people with so many different shows, like one guy that I worked with to help create a show and, and he's same thing. I lit a fire under his ass and his name is Yogi Zorananda. I'd love to put him in touch with you and, and maybe you guys can have a really great conversation, but he just came up with a, uh, an awesome idea for a podcast called uh, Renegade Yogi Podcast Experience. And that was based off of an interview I had with him where I said, dude, you're a renegade yogi. Like, that's a pretty badass story you just told us. And he, you know, that just stuck with him. And and then here we are a couple months later. He, he's got like six or seven episodes recorded. And yeah, I encourage people to, to check him out. He's uh, on all the platforms. You can find him on Spotify, Apple, even though I don't encourage those. I, I personally use Podcast Addict. That's my favorite app to listen to podcasts on. I think everybody should uh, listen to my show on that app because you get the most features you could see in the description. But Janet, right. this has been a lot of fun. I do have to to go. I got a lot planned for today, but this has been That's great. Right. I want to have you on my show as a guest. And then definitely, if you'd have me back, we can do this again. Well, of course, we'll do this a lot in the future because you and I are going to be friends for a long time. So thank you so much. And tell everybody, where can they find you at? Absolutely. I Likewise, I think we are. And people who want to also join the family, go straight to Patreon. Give me some support. You can find us at uh, patreon.com slash MFTIC. Or if you just want to listen to the show, it's My Family Thinks I'm Crazy. I found that it comes up in most search engines on all of the podcast apps because I did a good job of distributing it. So, Janet, let's have a conversation because I had trouble finding Deplorable Nation on a couple <laughs> apps. So let's talk later off air about that. And yeah, folks, go to MyFamilyThinksI'mCrazy.com, go to AltMediaUnited.com, or go to MyFamilyThinksI'mCrazy on Instagram. I go live every day. And I also do a Patreon episode every day, which is just usually me either reading from whatever book, uh, a little excerpt from whatever book I'm reading that day, which... We'll get into it later because I think you'd be interested in this topic, Time and the Technosphere, a super interesting book. I've been talking a lot about that lately. I talked about my conversation with Dr. Shiva that I had off the air uh, a couple hours. Love Dr. Shiva. So a lot of interesting stuff going on. And thank you for giving me a chance to plug all that. I'm excited to be here in the deplorable nation. Absolutely. And I'm so excited, like I said, that you joined me here today. Everybody, make sure you go and follow him on all of his social media, on Patreon, on every platform that you can find him on for podcasting. Do you have a Twitter as well? No, I don't use Twitter, really. I have a Twitter, but I won't tell people to go there. I don't use it, really, for anything other than reaching out to people who are only available through Twitter as a booker. So, no, I don't use Twitter. Gotcha. I really think I ever will. I'm just on Instagram and my website and Patreon. I think Patreon's the coolest way to have like a real interaction with me because I put the most personal stuff there. So ladies, make sure you go follow him on Instagram. Watch his daily videos on there that you will be enlightened and excited. So there you go. Mr. Mark, thank you so much for joining me today. And I look forward to many more conversations in the future. And thank you for everything you've done. Thank you.